Welcome to Music History Monday for December 4th, 2023. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title of today's podcast is Unplayable. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash robertgreenbergmusic, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We mark the premiere on December 4th, 1881, 142 years ago today, of Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky's one and only violin concerto, his violin concerto in D major. It received its premiere in Vienna, where it was performed by the violinist Adolf Brodsky and the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Hans Richter. The concerto is, in my humble opinion, Tchaikovsky's single greatest work and one of a handful of greatest concerti ever composed. Yet its premiere in Vienna elicited one of the most vicious reviews of all time. Unfortunately for him, Tchaikovsky was indeed one of the most over-criticized composers in the history of Western music. Just asking, do any of us like being criticized? I think not. And please, let's not dignify that oxymoronic phrase, constructive criticism, by considering it seriously. I don't mean to sound oversensitive, but after a certain age, say 25, criticism of any sort, even if it is deserved, (laughs) we're talking to you, George Santos, is simply infuriating. Tchaikovsky was also one of the most oversensitive people ever to become a major composer, which meant that the sometimes brutal criticism he received drove him to near madness. Regarding Tchaikovsky's sensitivity, as a youngster, his governess called him, quote, a porcelain child, unquote. So easily was his spirit chipped and cracked. Given Tchaikovsky's emotional nature, and the fact that he was additionally as a homosexual in Tsarist Russia, leading virtually a double life, well, we've got a prescription for a challenging emotional life. Who will play my concerto? The actual composition of Tchaikovsky's violin concerto went smoothly. However, the drama surrounding its first performance drove the poor, hysteria-prone dude to despair. Background. In late February of 1878, Tchaikovsky arrived in Clarence on Lake Geneva in Switzerland, where he and his entourage took up lodging at the Villa Richelieu. Tchaikovsky was on the mend from his epically disastrous marriage to a frankly crazed former student of his named Antonina Milyakova. The marriage had lasted less than three months, from July 18th to October 7th, 1877, at which time Tchaikovsky had a complete nervous breakdown and was spirited out of Moscow by his brothers. One of Tchaikovsky's visitors there at Clarence was the violinist Josef Kotek, 1855 to 1885, 
a bisexual lover of Tchaikovsky's. Tchaikovsky and Kotek engaged in all sorts of activities there in Clarence, some of them even musical, and Tchaikovsky, feeling rejuvenated and inspired, sketched and orchestrated his entire violin concerto in under a month. Tchaikovsky wanted to dedicate the concerto to Kotek. He really did. But he didn't dare, because he was terrified by the gossip he believed the dedication would inspire. So instead, he dedicated it to a faculty colleague at the Moscow Conservatory, the then world-famous violinist Leopold Auer. 1845 to 1930. Politically, it was a savvy choice. Tchaikovsky knew that Auer's fame would give the concerto the sort of cachet that would ensure its success. Sadly, Tchaikovsky's plan blew up in his face when Auer pronounced that the solo part was unplayable. A mortified Tchaikovsky later wrote in his diary, quote, Auer pronounced it impossible to play, and this verdict, coming from such an authority, had the effect of casting this unfortunate child of my imagination into the limbo of hopelessly forgotten things." Unquote. Hesitantly, sheepishly, Tchaikovsky went back to Kotek and offered him the dedication and the premiere performance. But Kotek, peeved that Tchaikovsky had approached Auer, not only told Tchaikovsky to make like a tree and leave, but then also pronounced the piece to be unplayable, and this from someone who had played through every single note of it while it was being composed. Truly, hell hath no fury like a violinist spurned. The Premiere and The Review for the next two and a half years, Tchaikovsky did everything he could to secure a performance of the concerto until finally the Russian violinist Adolf Brodsky, 1851-1929, consented to perform its premiere. In gratitude, Tchaikovsky rededicated the concerto to Brodsky. That premiere took place in Vienna on December 4, 1881, 142 years ago today at a concert given by the Vienna Philharmonic Society. The performance went well enough, but the reviews, alas, were savage. Eduard Hanslick, the most important critic in Vienna, wrote this in Vienna's New Free Press. Quote, the Russian composer Tchaikovsky is an inflated talent without discrimination or taste. Such is also his long and pretentious violin concerto. For a while it moves musically and not without spirit, but soon vulgarity gains the upper hand. The violin is no longer played, it is pulled, torn, shredded. The second movement adagio is on its best behavior, but it breaks off to make way for a finale that transfers us to the brutal and wretched jollity of a Russian holiday. We see plainly the savage, vulgar faces. We hear curses. We smell vodka. Friedrich Vischer once observed, speaking of obscene pictures, that they stink to the eye. 
Tchaikovsky's Violin Concerto gives us for the first time the hideous notion that there can be music that stinks to the ear, unquote. Ha! <laughs> no constructive criticism there. That's got to be among the worst reviews of all time. Tchaikovsky was so offended by Hanslick's review that he actually memorized it and was able to recite it in the original German to the day he died. Honestly, it's hard for us to fathom how a concerto so beautiful and beautifully written could possibly have elicited such a review. Thankfully, there is a happy ending to this story because Tchaikovsky's violin concerto quickly became a pillar of the repertoire which it remains to this day. And Leopold Auer? Auer soon enough realized how very wrong he had been. He apologized to Tchaikovsky, learned to play the presumably impossible violin part, and became one of the concerto's greatest champions, performing it across Europe and North America and introducing it to his students, among them Misha Elman, 1891-1967, and Yasha Heifetz, 1901-1987. On occasion, rare occasion, there is indeed some justice in this world. Unfortunately, this was not the first time a concerto by Tchaikovsky was declared to be unplayable. For our information, in 1874, the presumed dedicatee of his piano concerto number no. one in B minor Nikolai Rubinstein, likewise declared the nearly complete piano concerto to be unplayable. Tchaikovsky was crushed, though Rubinstein, like Leopold Auer a few years later, was soon proven wrong when the concerto was picked up by the pianist Hans von Bülow and performed before ecstatic audiences across Europe and North America. Von Bülow performed the concerto an astonishing 139 times during his American tour of 1875. Needless to say, a grateful Tchaikovsky rededicated the concerto to von Bülow. Both Leopold Auer's and Nikolai Rubinstein's initial reactions to Tchaikovsky's concerti stand together as a single cautionary tale. Think before you reject. Conclusions The list of presumably unplayable works that went on to become concert staples is a long one. Niccolo Paganini's Caprices, Franz Liszt's Transcendental Etudes, Mile Belakarev's Islami, Sergei Rachmaninoff's Piano Concerto No. 3, which is, according to Alex Wade, quote, a savage, relentless exposure to everything the keyboard can throw at anyone who dares to take it on, unquote. Samuel Barber's Violin Concerto, Georgi Ligeti's Etudes for Piano, these and many other works were all deemed to be unplayable until someone came along and played them. Writing in the New York Times, on December 17, 1989, music critic John Rockwell observed, quote, The history of music is full of scores now recognized as masterpieces that musicians once deemed as unplayable or worse, insulting, evil, 
non-music, Beethoven's late string quartets, Wagner's operas, even Aaron Copland's short symphony all fall into that category." Unquote. And so it will always be. That's because in their constant search for originality of every kind, some composers will stretch the very boundaries of instrumental technique in order to express something new. The only thing we can count on is that when a good composer's work is rejected as being unplayable, sooner or later, though usually sooner, someone will come along and play it just fine. Let that be a warning to performers who would claim that a piece is unplayable rather than simply admit that they personally cannot play it or don't want to play it. Having inevitably been proven wrong, those performers will be remembered forever for their poor judgment. In his own time, Leopold Auer was universally acclaimed as a great violinist and as a legendary teacher. Yet, he is best remembered today as the guy who, initially at least, rejected Tchaikovsky's magnificent violin concerto in D major, declaring it to be unplayable. Thank heavens he was wise enough to make amends, learn and perform the concerto, and teach it to his students. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.